Hello, Hello. Everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. Uh, this is Fallon Ballard. I am very frazzled at the moment, but <laughs> <laughs> we're making it work. And I am here with the <sighs> amazing, not frazzled at all, Courtney. Oh, no, I'm... <laughs> Let me tell you something. You might notice that I am recording from my living room because my cats took a crap all over my <laughs> office floor. Um, I hate so, that journey for you, but I love hearing about it. <laughs> I'm ignoring that floor for now until we're done recording and recording down here. So if you hear my cats crying to go outside for lizards, that's what's happening in this room right here. Nice. I don't know. I'm Fallon, you've been having mic problems. I know it's been so frustrating. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I like felt like everything was going so well tech-wise, like when we first started doing this, and then all of a sudden my microphone was like, I'm not gonna do anything right anymore, and which is why we've had so many sound issues on some of our episodes lately. Um, and it's annoying me. Um so if you're out there and you know how to fix computer things and you know what's wrong with my <laughs> microphone, please tell me. Help me. Help me. It's the worst. Um, but yeah, hopefully this sounds okay. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone out there is just frustrated for any reason and wants to let out a collective, ugh, go for it. <laughs> yes, please Wait, do. Wait, let's, let's take a pause. Okay, go. There you go. I hope you feel better. <laughs> it's always better when you can yell it out. But we do have something really fun to talk about today in our little oh, yeah. intro before we get to our amazing episode. And this is your brainchild. So I'm going to let you tell everybody what it's all about. Yay. Okay. So my local Barnes & Noble, Valencia, California. Um, I stopped in. They are so lovely. They always say hi to me when I'm with, like, all the tween children I bring in there. <laughs> They're the best. So I stopped in, dropped off my arcs for book two, and they said, why don't we have a romance day um, with some of your author friends? Bring them in. I was like, great. As this has evolved, um, it has become a full, even more than romance, like a full book festival weekend. Um, so Friday evening... July 28th, we have a amazing lineup of authors for a happy hour in the evening, which is a hangout uh, where we just get to hang out with you and uh, sign books and chill. Um, Barnes & Noble is so lovely and giving us discounts to their cafe. So it will be like a Frappuccino happy hour. <laughs> um so that will be amazing. And then both that Saturday and Sunday, July 29th, is going to be a full day of romance panels and signings and giveaways and swag bags for every ticket purchased. Um, same with Sunday is going to be YA Day, July 30th, um, where we have incredible young adult authors coming in for the same. So signings, giveaways. Uh, panels. We have incredible bookstagram moderators joining us. Fallon and I will be moderating on both Saturday and Sunday. We're so excited. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be tons of fun. So if you want to join us, um, 
Valencia, California is like upper LA County, just below Ventura. So if you are able to come or in the area, um, we have a room block with uh, the local Hyatt Regency Valencia. So all this information is on our website at happytomeetcute.com under our events tab and also all over our Instagram pages. So we are so excited to have you. Tickets are through Eventbrite. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Amazing. And I love how, like, Courtney originally was like, Barnes & Noble said we could do a signing. And we were like, great, yeah. that's amazing. And now it's like a three-day affair with, like, authors coming in from out of town. And it's just going to be so awesome. I'm so excited. Um, and the Eventbrite link is in the show notes. So if you're looking for that, just go ahead and click that. Um, but yeah, all the other info is on our website. But um, I'm just so excited because, so, you know, I grew up in Valencia. I went to high school there, went to junior high there. And like that Barnes and Noble is like where I spent all of yes. my babysitting money when I was like a teenager. Like whenever I had extra cash, like I was going to that Barnes and Noble. And so just to be able to go back there and do something so cool like this, I'm just like, I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. Same. I mean, like same story for me. They are so lovely. And um, I should say too, we have like 40 authors coming. <laughs> yeah. So this like is going to be incredible. An amazing lineup. And a lot of um our past guests that we have had, like, um, well, we actually haven't released Alyssa's episode yet, but Alyssa Sussman is going to be there. Our guest for today, Rebecca Weatherspoon, is going to be there. Um, Talene, Talene is coming. Yes. Yes. Bascuni is going to be there. Um, um, and some people, other people we've recorded with, but haven't released their episodes will yeah. also be there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. So you can check out the lineup um, on that on our website. Yes, it is going to be super fun. I'm very excited uh, to just spend three days geeking out with people over books. Me too. Awesome. And um, I will be releasing, I'm still putting together the, the panels, like organizing all of those. But those, um, I'll be putting out the official panels within the next two weeks. So you can check back for those. Can we have a Vanderpump Rules panel? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, we should name like all the panels after different reality shows. <laughs> oh that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, funny. It could be like Vanderpump Rules, like dealing with, you know, like friend group relationships. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Found family. <laughs> Oh my god. Stabs okay. you in the back. <laughs> oh shit. Of which I know that you actually just watched the finale, right? I did. I have so many thoughts. Um I feel like I'm gonna save some of them, but I will say <laughs> that it was like a lot to process, and I feel like uh the the response online is interesting because people are starting to express some sympathy for Raquel, which I, on the one hand, sort of can see because there is a 
like a five minute segment at the end of the finale or the end of the reunion part three that was filmed like a week after they finished filming the reunion Mm -hmm. where Raquel apparently like called the producers and was like, Hey, we lied about a bunch of stuff at the reunion. I want to come like tell the truth. What? What? And on the one hand, I'm like, okay, is this her? I think, I think from watching the reunion, it is very clear to see that Tom Sandoval is like an extreme narcissist who very much told her exactly what they needed to say at the reunion in order to try to like sort of mitigate the fallout, which didn't work, A, and B, was just like so obvious that they had like concocted these stories together and it just was like so dumb, but also he's a terrible human being. Um, And so I'm like, is she pulling away from him and realizing that he's an asshole or is she that calculated that she now is like, I looked really bad at that reunion. I need to do something to make myself look better because I still don't feel very much remorse. Mm. Like I think her sadness, like the times that she gets emotional are things like, I didn't realize I was going to look this bad or I didn't realize that, you know, it was going to go like this. The remorse is not, oh, I can't believe I did that to one of my best friends. Damn. So are they both narcissists? Yeah, I feel. And honestly, I he for sure is a narcissist. And there is definitely something psychologically not all there with her because she does not experience human emotions the way that you should um, in the way that I think most people process. Like it's like sociopathic a little bit that you Mm -hmm. can sit and watch people that you claim to love like be full on hysterically crying and just have not a single ounce of emotion on your face at all. Like that is not normal. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like I know, like, yeah, like a lot of different people feel emotion differently, but to do something cruel and then not feel any sympathy. Yeah. Is something different. That's something different. Yeah. It's, um, it's very strange and it's almost like she didn't think people were going to be mad at her, which is just like mind blowing. Like you, like she said in like a one-on-one interview with Andy Cohen, he was like, how did you think this was going to work out for you? And she's like, I honestly thought that like everyone would sort of like be upset, but get over it. And like, there would be a way for us to be friends again. And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. Like, it's almost like she doesn't have a concept of right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, which, yeah, again, I think is a little sociopathic a little bit. Also, um, I think that she just has always been like babied her whole life and was sort of been treated like that. And now she doesn't know how to like process thoughts, thoughts like an adult. 
<laughs> yeah, or take responsibility. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's interesting. I will. I have so many more thoughts, but I will save them because we have yeah. more intros to record, and I <laughs> yeah. want to go like full deep dive. Um, amazing. But yeah, we have an amazing guest today. So excited to chat with Rebecca Weatherspoon, who just is like, I just am so constantly amazed by authors that are just putting out like, I mean, like she's published like 20 books already. Like it just it I know. blows my mind. She's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And so, yeah, we chat with her about her new YA book and kind of making her YA debut and lots of other good writer things like, um, you know, Rebecca does some self pub. So we talk about some of that. We talk about writing a book on proposal, which was really interesting to hear about that process. I would like to do that at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, can I not write the whole thing before I have to go try and sell it? That would be cool. Um, and we talk about all her amazing tattoos, which I'm yes. very excited about. Yes. And make some plans for Stimulate Con that we will be following through on. <laughs> we are big Rebecca Weatherspoon fans here, so enjoy. Yes, so we will be right back with Rebecca. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. We are so excited to be chatting with one of our favorite LA authors here with us in the house, metaphorically, not physically. We're still <laughs> all in our own individual houses, but at least our houses are, you know, in the same area. We are super <laughs> excited to have Rebecca Weatherspoon here with us today. After years of meddling in her friends' love lives, multi-award-winning author Rebecca Weatherspoon turned to writing romance to get her fix. Raised in southern New Hampshire, Rebecca Weatherspoon now lives in Southern California, where she will remain forever because she hates moving. So much same. With over 20 titles under her belt, Rebecca has covered subgenres from suspenseful paranormal romance to steamy romantic comedies, and now young adult romance. With everything going on in the world, she still believes in love. The fluffier, the better. Look for A Walk in the Park out now from Audible Originals. And you can now get her young adult romantic comedy, Her Good Side from Penguin Teen. You can find Rebecca and her books on Twitter at r.spoon and her website www.rebeccaweatherspoon.com. And her Twitter, Twitter is r.spoon like D-O-T. Should mention that. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for being here. We are so excited to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. Super stoked. We have been so excited to talk with you and celebrate your YA debut. How are you thank feeling? You. Nervous. I mean, yeah. I think um, books are interesting because I think everyone focuses so much on release day that you kind of forget that you have still the life of the book. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how like, you know, month one goes. Um, and then sometimes you get like a month, four five, six month, 10 surprise where some random person finds your book and all of a sudden it's everywhere. So who knows? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and excited. <laughs> 
That is all we can hope for, right? I think we are like a few days post. I don't know if you guys saw this, the big list ticklist thing on Twitter. <laughs> Where, I mean, seriously, like one tweet can change the whole course of your book's life. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, so we're hoping see. for that for you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to tell us um, for listeners who haven't read it yet about her good side? Sure. Um, loosely based on, I don't know, I guess three or four true stories. Um, her good side tells the story of Bethany, who has recently decided that she is very much so interested in boys, um, and is on the hunt for a homecoming date, uh, after she gets rejected twice, um, during her hunt, she is quite down in the dumps, uh, enter Jacob, who is, uh, Bethany's best friend's boyfriend, who over the summer himself had quite the glow up as, as they used to say, <laughs> um, growth spurt and all, and is now kind of a hot commodity. Um, but his personality is still the same. He just got really hot and he has the personality of a very shy boy. Um, and he keeps getting asked out by these girls and then they realize that he is not compatible with their personalities. So he keeps getting dumped. Um, the best friend in question arranges for them to go to homecoming together because the, the best friend in question is very popular and already has a homecoming date. Because sometimes when you're very popular and pretty, you get double booked for special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on the road to homecoming, she uh, dumps Jacob because she is now another person who has realized they are not compatible. Um, and Bethany and Jacob forge a path forward, uh, first as homecoming dates, and then realizing that maybe uh, they can turn their own bad luck around by fake dating each other for practice. Um, and while they are fake dating each other for practice, of course, they end up falling for each other for real. It's Aww. the cutest. I just... <laughs> There's something just, like, so magically adorable about, like, high school fake dating. Yes. (laughs) Like, we know where it's going in adult romance, but it's even, like, more so obvious where it's going in in YA romance. It's the cutest. I also think their their little pact that they come up with, um, I think, like, for teen readers, I'm I'm really excited. Writing it as an adult, it's just funny because you know... You have the you have the the beauty of hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. And I am not sitting here thinking about any boy that I went to any dance with at any point. Um, but at the time, it was very important. Um, so it was kind of fun to play with those heightened emotions and heightened heightened stakes. Even though it's at the end of the day, you know, I, one would hope that the most stressful thing in one's life is finding a date for homecoming. So it was, it was fun to write kind of an actual low stakes uh, situation for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I remember in high school, it's funny, as you were talking, I was about to say something similar. Um, Just, I remember that age looking back, it's such a short period of time. It's so short. Right. And your whole life is ahead of you. But in that moment, it's 
everything and everything is urgent and immediate and necessary and larger than life. (sighs) Thanks hormones. I mean, thanks (laughs) puberty. I think too, you don't even have that immediacy is so weird because none of the decisions you're making are based on your future. I feel like when you're an adult, you're like, okay, if I do this, I have to think about like how this is going to impact my life and the life of people around me going forward. Like, you have to actually think about the repercussions of your decisions. When you're a teenager, the idea of like repercussions is like laughable. You're not thinking about that at all. Um, so doing like a high emotion, low stakes, it was it was more fun. That neither of them were in a life or death situation, so I was able to have fun with it. I love that. <laughs> And like, it's very developmentally appropriate to be so like tunnel vision. And yet you still have to make these big decisions for your life as far as college and what comes after high school. Like, it's just wild. It's, it's, it's it's wild. Good job, teens. You're doing fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And this book sounds like it's just going to be such a warm hug and like a really soft place to land for a lot of kids. Yeah, I hope so. That was that was my goal. I think um, I spent a lot of time, even on the adult side, just thinking about like what I can contribute to publishing. You know, there's thousands of books. Um, and, you know, sometimes I like to write dark, angsty stuff that's cathartic every now and then. But I think my sweet spot is actual romantic comedies and kind of making people feel better. So I, I wanted to inject that into this story. I love that. I love that. And I know when we have met up in person before, and I didn't, this just kind of came up in my head, but sure. so I didn't prep you for this one. No, you're fine. But I know part of your inspiration for writing these sweet love stories and rom-coms has to do with your family. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... It's funny, like, the more time I spend with my mom as an adult, I'm like, okay, now I see it. Like, I get where I get it from. But, yeah, my parents are very, like, romantic people. Um, They met when they were 13 and 14. They've been together ever since. Mm -hmm. And they've always been, like, really, like, lovey-dovey in front of me and my siblings. You know, like, they're, they're, like... Even now I'll have people from my hometown, you know, will message me and be like, oh, I saw your parents the other day. They were walking downtown holding hands, you know, and I'll, oh. I'll tell my mom like, oh, so-and-so saw you. And she'll be like, yeah, I was on a date with my boyfriend, you know, and they're in their <laughs> They're cute. So they've, they've always been like that. But also they've both always kind of been big nerds, but like also my mom is like really into romance. Like she she cut her teeth on like romantic period pieces and like romantic foreign films and all that stuff. Like I didn't realize like when we were kids, she always had us watching, like she had us watching like a room with a view and stuff like that when we were little at cinema parodies. So like she would always be like, let's go to the library and like check out these like romantic movies. Um, So yeah, both, I think it was just kind of like growing up in an environment, like a very loving environment and then having two parents who really modeled like a healthy loving relationship um you know they they fight like any people you know 
but their their fights are never like nasty you know it's more just like oh well, we're just like arguing about this normal life thing that happens right and i think everybody has that but yeah they've really i think they modeled healthy love and like healthy arguing i guess you could say you know the mm-hmm. they give you the full the full spectrum of like healthy behavior um so i mean me writing romance makes a lot more sense now <laughs> <laughs> yes you were like literally raised to write romance yeah, that's pretty incredible much. <laughs> also i think like for me as an adult like i love reading ya contemporaries but i always you know sort of look at it like in real life like are these kids gonna stay together you know probably not but i do i just love that there are there's so many people out there who really do meet their partners in high school or as kids and they stay together and i just love hearing those stories because it's just i don't know there's just something about growing up with somebody that you know makes your relationship so deep and so strong i just love that i also i know a lot of people like a a handful of my friends are are married to their high school sweethearts yeah um and they like broke up for a little bit right like two of my friends were dating guys uh high school and one of my other friend who actually helped inspire this story um her current husband they were dating like our summer after like freshman year in college they were dating and they broke up and one of my other friends she broke they both were engaged to other dudes like they went to they went the full the full gamut but then ended up coming back to their their og love so i think sometimes you know you can break up and be apart but then you can also come back together when you're a little bit older you know um i i think bethany and jacob have what it takes to make it i write some couples and i'm like i don't know if this will last forever but i (laughs) (laughs) these two i definitely i could see them like coming up with a plan for college and like making it they're when you read the story they're both very um like respectful of each other Mm. so i could i could see them like wanting to support each other's dreams and still stay together so yeah i I love that i actually met my husband in high school and um (laughs) yeah and then we got back together i wasn't allowed to date so it ended <laughs> and then um we met up again when i turned 19 and that was that <laughs> there you go see and here we are it happens it totally happens all the time i love that for everyone <laughs> i also feel like kids these days just have their shit together more than kids in my day <laughs> i think it's about the same <laughs> both both my dad and my brother work with high school students it's about the same it's just it's it's just the technology is different like the the children are the same this is true this is true let kids be kids yeah yeah. the kids are definitely the same i do feel like and this could just be my me being super naive but i do feel like there is like it's easier to just kind of be who you are as a teenager in today's society like i feel like you know when we were teenagers it wasn't cool to be nerdy and now it's like if you're nerdy just be nerdy like that's totally fine if you're you know the theater kid like go be the theater kid be who you want to be no i think Uh, i think there is that for sure and that is better for sure i think i think society has gotten a little bit better but mm -hmm. i also think 
in that getting a little bit better, and I, I mean, we don't need to go off on this tangent, but hearing a lot from like teachers right now and everything, I think where we're kind of failing teens right now is that we saw that betterness and the ease of technology and we took our hands off the wheel. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teens right now are not getting the guidance they need. I think they're being given cell phones and they're, it's like, Oh, you have Google. Good luck. But I think that like, I think teens still need to be handheld through life. You know what I mean? Like, you can have the freedom to be queer. You can have the freedom to, you know, be a, be a band geek, all of that. But like, you still need guidance and yeah. you still need like support because you don't know everything. You know what I mean? You don't like, you only, you still only have the experience of like a 15 year old or whatever. So you still need support and guidance. And I think that's, that's almost like, if I can say like the trade off, right. Where it's like, yes, things are better, but I think we've, we've taken our hands off the wheel a little bit and they still need, they still need help. Yeah. And they still, they still need the love and support. Absolutely. TikTok can't be their guidance counselors. Yeah. No, no, no. A lot of people handed their kids devices and fully, fully took their hands off the wheel. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. Teens still need to be parented. Yes. Wherever that parenting is coming from, but should be actual human beings. Yeah. It should not be some random person on the internet. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So how was the experience for you? Because you, you've only written adult up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I, I've been wanting to write young adult for a long time. I've had, I pitched a story to my old publisher back in like 2015 or something. And we didn't end up, it didn't end up going, which was fine. Um, I've, yeah, I've been sitting on a young adult idea forever. And again, almost everyone in my family is in high school or middle school education so they've been like can you please write something that we can like give to our students <laughs> um which like finally here's something um so yeah it's been in the making for a while but i wrote this proposal um like june july august of 2020 so you know we were in lockdown that was again hindsight's like a a beautiful thing i suppose but you know you guys remember at the time it was like you know terrifying so that trying to like trying to put something new together while i'm like if i go outside am i gonna burst into flames like that that was like really that was really stressful luckily my agent is awesome and she like you know she has kids of her own and you know she has a whole life of her own and she was still able to like pull it together for her clients which i like really appreciate it um and she really held my hand through that whole process. Um, and then we sold it. And then, of course, I had to, like, finish writing the book. I sold it on proposal. So that was, it was hard. The first few drafts were really hard. And then my acquiring agent, she left publishing. So I, she left publishing while we were drafting it. So that was, like, a whole other thing. Uh, but it's it's fine now. I have a new editor. and um, Sorry, my editor, rather. I have a new editor. And that's, everything's good. But... I went through, you know, two, three drafts that were not good because I was stressed out. You know, I was really stressed out about the pandemic. I was really stressed out about how we had like failed kids in that during the Mm -hmm. pandemic and, you know, did not pull it together so they could, you know, go to graduation, go to their own proms and like all that. Um, 
And then, yeah, you know, I think sometimes when you're writing, your mood kind of leaks into the story. So, like, the first couple drafts were, like, really angsty, you know. And my editor, my editor came back and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, let me get it together. Um, so the final draft, we sat down and she was like, you know, let's focus on, like, the happiness. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we, we, finally, we finally pulled it together. Um so that part of it was really difficult, but the overall the overall themes are the same if you read my adult work. I, I think say if you've read um Rafe or you've read um If the Boot Fits or Sated, those three books I feel like it's the it's the same thing where you have kind of a young black woman who's like trying to figure herself out. I don't want to give any spoilers away for anyone who hasn't read it, but in her good side, Bethany also is trying to figure out um, something with her extra extracurriculars and her mom's. Um, and she's trying to kind of transition away from something and not disappoint her parents at the same time. And it's, you know, so you have this young black girl who's like trying to figure herself out Um and then you have a young Korean American boy who's also trying to figure himself out. And like, they come together to like support each other in, you know, like a mutually supportive way where, where they're like both listening to each other. They both are supporting each other. Um, and they're both getting what they want and need out of the situation. And I feel like that's a theme across my adult books as well. So that part of it was easy i didn't have to reinvent any sort of wheel for what i'm used to writing so the good communication yeah yeah i love it i'm i'm a big communication gal (laughs) how was it this is something we haven't really talked about on the podcast yet if you want to share um i think the proposal process can sometimes be so very opaque or vague. Do you mind um, maybe describing just a little bit about how yours went? Sure. Okay. So if you're able. Hear this and be like, that's not exactly how it went, but from my <laughs> recollection, it's been three very long years um, <laughs> from my recollection. Uh, so I, I came to my agent with uh, a few ideas. So I'll back it all the way up. Usually, I have like a lot of ideas for books I want to write. Um, and my agent usually is like, well, the market is looking like X. So why don't we go with this? So I was like, what do you, I was like, these are all the ideas that I have. What do you think would work best? And she was like, well, I think right now a YA rom-com would be a good idea. And I was like, okay, great. I have an idea for that. So I I came up with like kind of an outline for the idea, sent it to her. She was like, love it. Um, Let's go with that. And I was like, do you think I should do a full proposal? She was like, proposal should be okay. So I did, I think the first, the first like one to two chapters, I can't remember. It's in my, it's in my folders somewhere, but off the top of my head, it was like the first one or two chapters. And then, um, a synopsis and then I did character breakdowns. Mm-hmm. So descriptions of the main characters, their parents, like their siblings, and then brief descriptions of like their friends and all of that. And then um 
I also came up with just a one paragraph pitch for like a possible follow up book. So just to say like, if you like this, this is what we can do in universe for like the next book. So I sent that to my agent. She sent it back to me. Um, only she had notes on like my first sample chapter. Sometimes I like to just do what in the film world they call a cold open. Um, <laughs> so like the book started with like dialogue. About, it starts like mid conversation. And she was like, let's run it back. Don't start in mid conversation. I was like, okay, cool. Mm. So we fixed that. Um, and then she, we got it where we wanted. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to send this out wide so she sent it out to like a bunch of people and then a bunch of people came back with interest so we went to auction for that um publishing auctions are not like sotheby's in-person auctions i <laughs> wish they were That'd it, be was, so cool. <laughs> it would be so cool if you like got on a call and there was like an auctioneer and he was like well, whatever, whatever, whatever. that would be yes that would be amazing. That's not what happens, though. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, when you, for me, this is what happened to me. I'm sure someone's like, that's not what happened with me, but this is what happened with me. So basically, people put in their expressed interest and then express interest with, like, dollar amounts. And then my agent told me, and then she would go back and be like, okay, this is where we're at. Does anyone want to offer, like, more than this or whatever? And then we we got to a point where I think it was like the top like it was a I can't remember how many it was a bunch um, and ended up ultimately being like seven houses I think requested on it but then I, I think like the top four or five um, I took phone calls and I also I could be wrong with that but I had I had conversations with those editors um, and the editor at um, I'm not going to say her name because she's left publishing and I don't know. I don't want to like, she's a private citizen now. Um, <laughs> the editor that put the offer in on it, her and I talked and she just was awesome. She was like, the vibe was perfect. She explained to me like kind of her editing style and it, and it lined up with like how I do my edit edits myself and everything. So I was like, this is a really good fit. Um, I talked to a couple other people who were lovely. One person who actually was great they had a completely different vision for the book. Um, they wanted yeah. to make it like an issues book and like, you know, talk about like race and all stuff. And I, and like, there's a lot about race in this book, but it's not, it's not like about her being black. It's not about him being, it's not, that's not what it's about. Um, so she wanted to make it like an issues book. And I was like, I'm not, this is a rom-com. I don't want to make it an issues book. So that was like, no. So, yeah, we went back, and then the editor that I clicked with, they actually ended up offering the most money, um, and that's who we went with. So then it was off to the actual process of, like, finishing writing the book, which I had to redo, like, four times. Um, <laughs> we finally got it right. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was a very interesting process, um, a little nerve-wracking when they came back with the final offer, I was very happy. I, but I also, I have like kind of delayed processing. Like I, I like don't process good news very well or new. I don't know. I don't process like news very well. Mm -hmm. I'll like hear something and I'm like, huh, okay. And I just sit with it for a long time. 
So I told my agent that and she was like, I'll be happy for you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, great. I was like, this will sink in in like three months. And she was like, don't worry about it. She was like, take however long you want to take. Um, again, this was still, this was like pre-vaccine times when this all happened. So wow. I got the good news and like couldn't leave my house. Mm. So that was also like, that really sucked. Like I couldn't like get my friends together and be like, let's go and get a drink or like, you know, even like, let's go get fun donuts somewhere and like celebrate. Like we, we couldn't do that. So yeah, at the time I just like told my roommate and then I called my parents and that was it. You know, my, my celebration was just like calling my mom and dad and be like, I did something. And they were like, yeah. And then I just like sat on my couch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anywhere and i was just like all right well yeah you know just me and like a single balloon on my couch (laughs) you gotta laugh about it now (laughs) what an incredible story though i mean yeah have this be your first ya book and you know the auction scenario is just the the dream right you know that's amazing and to have that much interest i mean that must have felt incredible when it finally sunk in it did it did and i i really appreciate my agent like thinking about it you know what i mean it was really i really appreciated that she was like she could have just let me write whatever you know she could have she could have just let me write whatever but i appreciated that she had the wherewithal to be like i think a rom-com's the way to go and she Mm -hmm. was right you know i could have written some something really angsty and that might have also sold by the way that might have sold um for me and again like i think everyone has their strengths so i think about people who are writing say like teen horror or teen fantasy those are that's not my that's not my wheelhouse you know so i i i feel like maybe if those were my strengths um i might have been able to to sell something in that arena at that time but i i really appreciate that she was like this is your strength. Like, let's go for it. And it ended up working. I really appreciated that. Amazing. Um, So you have experience with both traditional publishing and self-publishing. Are you mainly doing traditional at this point or are you still self-pubbing some stuff? Um, I'm still doing both. The the way the calendar has shook out, I'm, I'm I had to finish up the second book in this contract. So what we ended up selling at auction was, it was a two book deal. Um, so I'm working on book two right now. Um, hey, congrats. This is exciting. Thank you. So I'm working on book two right now and it's, um, it's not Bethany and Jacob, but it's, it's people in their friend group. Nice. So it's, it's the same group of kids. So you'll see Bethany and Jacob again. Um, and then I have <sighs> two things I need to self-publish. So I have to, if anyone listening has read Rafe and Zenny, I'm writing the third book in that situation. And then there's something new I want to work on. Um, And then I think by the time that's all done, it's going to be 2024. So then I will probably be pitching the next YA. And I'll do, obviously I'll do that traditional. Um, So yeah, so on the adult side, it's more like, uh, the next book is in something that's already existing, so I wouldn't go out and pitch that anyway. Um, but on the adult side, it's more like 
I'll come to my agent with something. If she thinks that it's not maybe a good fit, I can just go ahead and self-publish it if I feel like it. Or if we try to sell something and it like doesn't work, then we I can go ahead and self-publish it. Um, I wrote Rafe right after I sold my Cowboys, right? So I went out, we pitched the Cowboys, we sold that. And then like the day we sold that, I emailed my agent and I was like, okay, well, we have to wait for contracts and all of this stuff for people who don't know. Publishing contracts take mm-hmm. 458 Forever. years. Um, <laughs> pushing takes so long. We also had to push the YA. The y- This YA was supposed to come out last summer, but I was having such a hard time with it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, publishing takes 988 freaking years. So while we were waiting for the contracts for the Cowboys, I emailed my agent and I was like, I, ha- I have to like kind of clear my head. Because the process of getting the Cowboys sold was like so draining, and I was like, I was like, do we do we have time for me to write another book in between? And she was like, Yeah, yeah, you're good. And so I, that was when I wrote Rafe. Wait, so you wrote that while you were waiting for contracts? I did. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I I typically write pretty fast. The having to write like nine drafts of the YA was not typical for me, and. <laughs> was quite upsetting um but i typically write fairly fast um so yeah i wrote rafe and then then transitioned back to writing the cowboys after that that's amazing yeah and i and i knew i wasn't gonna try and sell rafe like i was like i'm just gonna write this for me so love that yeah it's being hybrid's good i think it's on the adult side um why is a different market um because you're trying to get in with schools and librarians in a completely different way. Books, the bookseller market is completely different. Um, on the adult side, the ebook market is much easier to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I sell a decent amount of print on the adult side, but it's mostly ebook. So it's easier to just put that out and, you know, start getting paid off of something within a year or whatever many months instead of waiting you know the one and a half to three years it takes to get a book out traditionally so yeah yeah Yeah. that's awesome um do you have this is maybe not a simple question to answer but if there are any people looking to self-publish are there good resources out there that can help you kind of figure out the best way to go about that Sure. I mean, I think one of the best resources that I think people don't take advantage of enough is social media. I feel like one thing I'll see people like complaining about stuff, but I'm like, are you asking questions? Because like I, I needed resources when I start. I just asked people, that's just me. I was like, oh, do you know someone who just can point me towards something? Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing too. When you're asking for resources, don't ask people to do stuff for you. Just say, Hey, can you point me in the direction of, right? Um, I also think sometimes people are really impatient research. Just, just slow down research. Um, I, I came up through the fan fiction world. So I kind of got practice just writing. Like I got, like got in the practice of like, 
writing a lot. You know, I think I wrote, I wrote like five or six full length novels worth of fan fiction before I wrote my first book. So that was a good practice to just like write something. I actually made sure the last fan fiction I wrote, I wrote it like a book. Like I, I was like, I'm going to write this beginning to end. It's going to have a beginning. It's going to have an end. Cause sometimes with fan fiction, you can just like, you know, you write random chapters and then it makes no sense and it has no ending and all that. I made sure that last one was more like a book. Um, and then, you know, so practice writing. I think a lot of people want to skip over the craft part. Um, practice writing. And then just, I don't know, like read a lot. I think you have to read a lot too, especially in the genre you're writing. So you understand what a good book is to you and what's not a good book. Hmm. You know, like I think sometimes like I've read books where I'm like, this is terrible. The world building's bad, whatever. But there's also something to picking up a book that is really good. And you're like, Oh, like it it makes you want to be like a better writer. And you can see like, this is a good story beginning to end. Like this is how you tell a story. Um, So practice writing, read a lot. And then you're going to need a story editor. You're going to need developmental edits and you're going to need a copy editor. Those people are actually not that hard to find if you just start asking around. Um, And you can ask around on social media. You can Google. There's people who you can like Google freelance story editor. And of course you don't, those things are hit or miss. Sometimes you work with people and it doesn't work out, but that's, that's like the process of publishing. You know what I mean? Like, you work with people. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not, you know, um, my indie editor, I am holding on to her for dear life. I'm like, girl, please don't ever go anywhere ever. She's, <laughs> she gets me and she's, you know, a great editor. So I'm like claws are deep inside her. Um, <laughs> and then as I was writing, I had a couple people offer to copy edit for me, which was great. So now I have a copy editor who's like waiting in the wings for the next thing. Um, which is wonderful. So yeah, just ask around and then um, you can look on places like Instagram. Um, Also a really great way to do look for things is reverse engineer it. So like if you see a book that you really, really like the cover, right? Just contact the person and be like, Hey, who was your cover artist? You know, some people won't tell you, but a lot of people will. Um, and then sometimes if you reach out to a cover artist and they're busy, they can say, oh, but this other person, um, does it on Facebook. People post cover artist information all the time. Um, so find a good cover artist. I, at this point, I would definitely, definitely make sure you're talking to people about whether or not they're using AI. Cause some people are using AI mm. and we have, we have not yet crossed over the threshold of what that means legally people are going to start getting sued soon and i don't think people will fully understand that like copyright is like actually a thing and if you don't know ai just pulls images from the internet folks like existing copyrighted images from the internet so make sure you're talking to your artists about whether or not they use ai um and then yeah there's lots of resources for formatting um ingram spark is a great place and and amazon also offers like print options stuff like that so just take your time and research you know 
um, and ask questions. I think I I haven't I haven't had in the last like three or four years I haven't had anyone ask me about logistics. Hmm. I've had people ask me like how to get famous, which I'm like I like I can't tell you that. <laughs> I've I've asked had people kind of ask me the questions of like how do I write a book overnight, and I'm like that's not how that works. Like. <laughs> Are you serious? Right, I mean, like, yeah, because I think that's there's like there's a school of thought where I think people think that publishing is this like magical land where like books like appear out of the ether, and it's like no, like every book you see on the shelf, even if the person had a quote unquote easy go of it, took time. Yeah, like they had yeah. to write, they had to actually write the book, and even if you're like a fast writer, that's still an amount of time, right? Then you have to edit it. Then you have to submit it. Then you have to wait for contracts or not or whatever. Even if you're self-publishing, you have to wait for like Ingram Spark to like approve the document. If you want proofs, you got to like wait for them to ship you the proof. Like it takes time, you know, it takes time. And I've had people ask me, I the the deal I did with Audible, I had someone ask me about it. And I explained what happened and they were so like unsatisfied with the answer. And I was like, I like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's what happened. Publishing is like a weird, boring business. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like a fancy cocktail party. It's like an actually like a kind of boring business where it's like, you're emailing people all the time, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. Um, and also I think sometimes people look at i've had a i've had a lot of people talk to me about modern goddess emily henry um who like bless emily she's on such kind of like an amazing journey right now um and i and i always tell them i'm like i feel like you are looking at one part of emily's story and you're fixating on that Mm -hmm. like you're fixating that she has hit on the new york times list which is awesome, but you're like ignoring that she like ha- first of all she had to write the books, <laughs> like she still had yeah. to write the books, like she had to write the books, and then I think people forget that Emily was writing books in YA. This is a this is a career leap for her, yeah. Right? This is yeah. A, this is like a second life for her, and I think people are so this this happens with authors all the time. I think this happened with Sylvia Day also when she broke out with her bear to you series she had so many books before that and they were good books but she wasn't getting the same kind of attention so i think sometimes people fix on fixate on like current stardom that they ignore how the person had to like how long it took them to get there what like how much work they put into it um how much work it is to like even maintain that like a few weeks ago emily posted a picture of like all the books she had to sign and it was like thousands of books and i was like "Ooh, that's a lot which is fantastic but it's also like you have to then plan with like your family your mental health like i need to yeah. sign a thousand books today like logistically how am i going to make that happen like it's not it's work it's work that's that's what i mean yeah um so i think for anyone who wants to do any kind of publishing just remember that it's it's work Yeah. And I think it's so easy as like an audience of readers to be like, oh, well, I just heard of this person. So this must be the first time they have ever done anything. And it's like, nope, (laughs) that's not how that works. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, like I, 
like nobody asked me about logistics. They're like, how do I get, how do I get a deal? And I'm like, well, you got to do all this work first. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta put in a lot of work first. It's not like There's a lot of steps that come before that. Yeah. It's a lot of steps that come before that. You know, yeah. it's not the, the deal isn't just like, it didn't just appear out of thin air, you know? Yeah. Um, and even again, even if there is a lot of like luck or even connections, whatever you still, there still has to be like things in place for those things to come together. Absolutely. So, yeah. Focus on the craft. You gotta do the work. Sorry. <laughs> yeah there's yeah. no like fast track there's not and if there is like whoever's taking advantage of that more power to you i'm I'm not on a fast track by any means so absolutely yeah all right well we'll talk about something fun sure. um so you have several tattoos i have many tattoos yes i love talking about tattoos um obviously this is not a uh, visual platform what we are sure. on um but i don't know maybe tell us about like your most recent one sure um i have i'll show you guys i guess you can see it Ooh, there we go i have oh. a, um i have a black cap chickadee on my hand That's beautiful. in the, in the yeah. final phases of healing um an artist by the name of jarell did it um he's bouncing back and forth between LA and like Georgia and Florida. He goes like all over the place, but um he's bicoastal. Um yeah, I got this done in March. I will I had my other hand tattooed. I have a I have a moon on my other hand. And I knew I was gonna be signing books all summer and I was like, I want both of my hands tattooed by by summertime. <laughs> yeah. Um no, when I, I was I remember distinctly actually, funnily enough. When I was in high school, I was talking to this boy that I went to high school with. We were just like shooting the shit. And he was like talking like very enthusiastically, like a lot of like wanting to be like an accountant. <laughs> and I was like, well, Bless him. And I was like, no, I mean, he's very wealthy right now. So I'm not, I'm not, he, he was clearly on the right track. But I remember having that conversation with him and like being like, I cannot work in an office. Like I knew, I knew when I was a kid, I was like, I can't, I was like, I will go crazy. I cannot be like penned into four walls. I can't do it. And I remember at that time kind of having this like vision of myself as an adult and like being very tattooed. Like my vision of myself was like, I am a heavily tattooed adult. Um, so I, I started getting tattooed when I was. 18 but i only got like a couple i only you know i only had like three i had three for a long time um and then of course the pandemic hit and so i was after we got vaccinated i was like well obviously everyone's not first of all everyone's not getting vaccinated at once and up and everyone's not getting vaccinated at all but i was like what can i do and like leave the house but still be like safe and every tattoo artist I knew was, if you go to like a good tattoo place, they're very clean. They have to be, right? You have to like do um, like blood antigen protocols to even like get your tattoo like license or whatever. Um, so if you go to a good tattoo artist, it's, their shops are very clean. And every tattoo artist I knew was doing really strict COVID safety protocols. So I was like, well, I'm not doing literally anything. And I just got a book check. 
And I was like, I'm going to start getting tattooed. I paid off some debt, but then I was like, I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to start getting tattooed. So between 2021 and now I have gotten tattooed. I'm not going to say how many times, but I've gotten tattooed a lot of times. Uh, I love um, it. I have a lot. My arms are almost completely covered and I started working on my legs and I have my stomach done too. So you've quite a few. Amazing. That was actually like, that was one of the first things I did in a post COVID world too. I was like, I haven't gotten a tattoo in so long. I think I, I just have to go do that. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, um, I have a unique relationship with pain. Uh, so for me, it's very like cathartic and also just all the tattoo artists I see are like really chill people. So like, like one person I see, I like always like sleep. Like I always just kind of like fall asleep. <laughs> and then like my buddy Brandon, who has done a bunch of my tattoos, he's like, that's like my bestie. So every time I go see him, we just like, we just talk. And we just have like such a fun time, like talking and everything. So it's always like, I always have a really good time when I'm getting tattooed. I think if you have, if you, sometimes you get tattooed with people you don't know and it's like kind of like awkward and you're just like sitting there like staring at the wall. <laughs> but now like there's, there's a shop in Long Beach where I like joke and say that it's like my cheers. Cause like every, t every time I walk in, they're like, Rebecca! and like all the other clients are like, they're like, who's this? Oh. I just come in and I'm like, what's up? And they're like, uh, you come here a lot? Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's, it's been nice. And I've made some like really good friendships through it now. So, but I, yeah, I'm getting, I, I have to wait because I have a lot to do this summer. Um, but in November, I'm going to get my chest done. So I'm excited. Oh, exciting. <laughs> Courtney, do you have any tattoos? I have one giant wave on my hip that I got when Ooh. I was 19, 18. And um, it's funny, like I've always pictured myself, like I kept telling myself whenever I get a book deal, which is like the dumbest thing to sure. like place something that you want to do on something that is so out of your control. <laughs> right, right, right. But I was like, if I ever do something creative and get some kind of money for it, I want to like dye my hair bright pink and then like get totally tatted up like full sleeves I just I don't know it's like my alter ego or something but I I want I mean, to I do it over and dye your hair bright pink today if you want I'm doing it <laughs> well I have to wait done. I'm waiting till after my sister's wedding <laughs> for oh, the okay, photos sure. <laughs> and then we're doing some wild color but um, as far as the tattoos go, I think it was just, it became less of a priority, even though it's something sure. that I still really want to do. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to prioritize it one day or else I'm just never going to do it. Sure. Sure. I think there's tattooing is interesting because I think you can go one of two ways with it. Like you can do really thoughtful pieces. Like my, my, one of my hands was not very thoughtful. Like the, the moon this was very like she had a cancellation and I was like, can I come in? You tattoo my hand. She's like, yeah, we, we thought of this on the fly and I'm really happy with it, but this was not a well thought out tattoo. This was a very well thought out tattoo. So it's like you can, and also you can get like small things. Yeah. Too. Like I have a lot of like small tattoos that were total 
Like I have a, I have an anchor on my thigh that I got during a girls trip, and we were like at a pub, and I was like, "Let's go get tattoos." And we went, and like, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you can get like something little that's not super expensive. But my only recommendation for anyone listening is if you live anywhere hot or you enjoy the summer, get tattooed in the winter time because trying to heal heal tattoos in the summer is oh. such a pain. I had two yeah. summers in a row where I was wearing long sleeve shirts and pants all summer. And oh. I couldn't go swimming. Oh god. No fun. Yeah. So heal your tattoos in the wintertime. That's why I'm that's why I'm waiting to November to get my chest done so I can heal it in the winter. I was gonna say, Courtney, you're gonna be down here in Anaheim for several days in August and my no, tattoo check is amazing. Don't just, say that because I'll go get a tattoo Pop right over and see her. Rebecca. She would love it. We <laughs> should just all go. Listen, I will I will go get tattooed with you guys in August. I'll go get something little somewhere small. Oh my god. I, I'm not Let's even kidding. I I would do I will do it. I okay. live for a spontaneous tattoo. And I, I need I need more like stupid little tattoos too. I need more of that. Get like a cute little book design or something. <gasps> It'll be adorable. Yeah, because I get overwhelmed thinking because I really want sleeves and I get overwhelmed thinking about like, well, how to plan out the whole piece. But there's no reason you can't do it a little bit at a time. Oh yeah, you can yeah. actually do it a little bit at a time. And you can also yeah. pick like themes. You don't have to do one giant piece you can just do like yeah like my, my, like the theme of my body is like romance and and cartoons <gasps> so it's like i love that yeah so like so it, it looks cohesive but it's not you know so one time yeah. i had like pinterest has such an amazing plethora of tattoo inspirations mm, yeah i have a whole board and i one time got so caught up with like doing Disney replications like the Beauty and sure. the Beast castle and doing all these things. Oh, that'd yeah. be fun. I wanted to do, I wanted to add like a pirate shipwreck to my wave, like going up do onto it. my ribs. Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> do it. Do it. That sounds amazing. One day, do one it. day. Fallon, what do is, it. what are yours? You have on your arms. Yeah, right? I have a bunch. Mine are all pretty small. Uh, my biggest one is actually. <laughs> the cover-up that I did over my Deathly Hallows tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that one just, uh, we ended up doing just like a bunch of flowers over it. But um, I mean, I have I have a sweet pea for Lisa Love and I have a sunflower for just my type. And I've got some other, I've got a Disney one. I've got a Rent one. Oh. I have two on my feet that, there's one on my foot that like really needs to get touched up. Like the color is pretty faded, but I just, it hurts so bad. I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing my feet. My feet are off the table. I'm not doing my feet. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so, like, I couldn't walk for like a week. Like my foot was like swollen. Oh my God. And, yeah. I was like, okay. Cause normally like when you get a tattoo, like it hurts in the moment, but then when you're done, it's, yeah, yeah. it's done and it's fine. And I was like, oh shit, this is like, for real so yeah, that happened with the bird on my hand i was like <laughs> it swelled up so much and i like like 24 hours in i was like if this swelling doesn't go down in like 48 hours I was like you gotta go to the hospital luckily <laughs> the swelling went down but i was like <laughs> i was really nervous for a few days yeah it's scary especially when you like have other tattoos and you don't expect it. you're like oh wait what <laughs> what just happened yeah um but i'm due for another one 
and I love my tattoo artist. She's down here in Costa Mesa. So please give me her information because mm-hmm. I don't get a tattoo. She's amazing and she's a huge nerd. Ah. So we talk lots of nerdy things while uh while she tattoos me. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. She did okay, so she did okay, first of all, her name is Stacy. She works at um I think it's Port City Tattoo in uh Costa Mesa. And she did for one of my best friends. She did Brendan Fraser's character from The Mummy as a pinup. Oh, that's awesome. And it's fantastic. I just got like full body chills. That's awesome. That's amazing. So she could she could hook you up, Court. I need to Is that like on their Instagram? I'm gonna need to see that. That's incredible. I'll see if I can find a picture for you. I'm gonna look that up. I'll send it. All right, well, this conversation could go on for hours, I'm sure, but uh, we will not steal your entire day, Rebecca. Um, Before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? Sure. So um, if you're looking at this anywhere, my name is Rebecca Weatherspoon. The way it's spelled, I am the only Rebecca Weatherspoon on the planet who spells their name that way. So if you're looking for me on Instagram, on TikTok, on twitter and i'm on tumblr i'm not on tumblr all the time but i'm on there um you can find me those places just search that name so if you're you're like oh i forgot what her what her twitter handle is if you just search my name i'm the only one who spells their name this way that's me you'll find me all over the place i'm not on facebook anymore sadly but i am on i'm in on instagram and twitter and tiktok and tumblr amazing um her good side is out now go get it it's adorable and rebecca thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today thank you for having me our pleasure and listeners thank you for listening and we will chat with you next week Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time